Okay, so I'm sitting here. I'm not with this person, but we're doing a Zoom call. Now, there's a lot of talk. I'm going to introduce you, but I don't know how to introduce you because you have so many different names. What? <laughs> what? Two what? Names. Two names. Okay, two names. What is your name? My real name is Bertha Einstein Clark. Wow. Wow. But so... I don't like Bertha. I never liked Bertha, frankly. Never. So when I was little, I told my friends, if you want to be my friend, you call me Betty. So okay. I go by Betty. Betty Einstein Clark. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Now, some I've talked to you. So first of all, to tell people who you are, in a nutshell, you are the mother of my brother's wife. Exactly. To me. Yes. My brother's wife is Myra. My brother's David. You are... The mother, you are, so, and you are the grandmother to, oh, you also have Sharon, who's your daughter. Right. So you have two daughters, Myra, Sharon. Correct. And grandkids, you have Maddie, Abby, and Alex. Yes, on that side. And then I have Noah, Honey Eli, and Ben. Oh, I forgot about them. <laughs> <laughs> Can't forget about them. No. No. Okay. Right, right, right. Okay, I'll mention them too. Noah, Eli, and Ben. So I know these people very well because I just spent Thanksgiving with all of these people. Right. Did you spend Thanksgiving with friends? Yes, I was lucky. I have a close friend who has other friends that are commonly friends. And they, for many years, every time there is a big holiday, they go to a hotel in Galveston that has an incredible buffet. I mean, I have never seen so much food in one place. You know, it's it's obscene. Um, But anyway, we have a very nice time together. And, uh, you know, we spent uh, Thanksgiving the whole day there. And uh, we're lucky. Yeah. How many people were there? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Because, you know, they each one makes... uh, uh, his or her own reservation. Okay. And, uh, so you know, it's 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 like you know, it's like a going to a restaurant and. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you you didn't miss the family at all then. Oh, I did. When <laughs> you know, this is one thing. When any holiday comes, even as many years as we have been apart, it's very hard for me. Yeah. And I've heard other people say the same thing. You know. Yeah. That, sure. If they're away from close family, yeah, start hard days. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And then we also miss the people that aren't with us anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So actually, we actually went to my uncle passed away last year, my uncle Bobby, and we all went to the cemetery to kind of do an unveiling and to say a few prayers. So holidays are. You know, a good time and a sad time as well for a lot of people. But I'm glad that you were with friends. That's wonderful. Thank you. Yes. But by the way, it's two o'clock in the afternoon, your time. Do you usually take naps in the afternoon? Is this is this interfering with your nap? Oh, God, no. <laughs> you don't take naps? No, it's very rare for me to take naps. Now, I may feel tired. And if I do, I have my most wonderful recliner. And I just go and sit in the recliner and kind of you know, wait a while. And then I kept. Oh my God. I'm a little bit younger than you. And I have to take naps all the time. Really? 
<laughs> yeah, but you know, I'm usually memorizing lines or I'm doing something that's occupying my head. So I usually need, and I get up, I don't sleep well. So I get up really early in the morning. Oh, see, and I'm the opposite. I go to bed very late and I wake up very late. Myra doesn't, they don't understand my lifestyle at all. And I told them maybe, if you know, when you get to be my age, you will understand it. Right now, I know they can't. Right, right. So your age, we don't need to specify your age. You're a little bit older than 50, a little bit older than 60, a little bit old. You know, you're a little I bit I don't older. mind saying my age. You know, I feel like with everything that I have gone through in life, I am very happy and okay. feel blessed. So I'm 82. Oh, and I was going to say 72. Mm, thank you, Danny. Thank you. No, you know, it's funny. I drive, uh, you know, I, I do some acting at night, but I, my job is actually, you know, I drive a lot of seniors to hospitals and doctors. So I had a woman say to me the other day that she can't, she wishes that she was 70 again, you know? Mm. It, it's very interesting to hear the perspective of people that are a little bit older. And, you know, since you're a little bit older, I get to ask you some questions, right? Absolutely. Go for okay. it. Okay. So, I know a little bit about you, but I, don't, I know that you grew up in Cuba. Right. And yes. you moved You moved to America when you were 19? Yes. About. Do you have memories? I don't know anything about Cuba at all. Do you have, I know you. there was a lot of uh, interesting times there, to say the least, right? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Do you have happy memories of of your early days? Or are they, yeah, what kind of memories are they? It's a mixture, like life is, you know. You can't say it's all plus or it's all minus. It's a big mixture. I had a happy childhood, and especially I can tell you that my life kind of became happier when I was about 12 years old, 12 or 13, and, um, well, I have to explain to you that, you know, Havana is the capital and of Cuba. And Havana is where all the stuff was going on, and especially in Jewish life. And I lived in a city that was called Matanzas in Spanish, that was about an hour away. And uh, we had a small Jewish community, uh, relatively small um, fewer than 50, I would say, but it was a very close community. Um, so I grew up with three very, very close friends. We were like sisters. And, uh, I also had a, a younger brother who unfortunately is no longer alive. And anyway, I had a large family that lived primarily in Havana. And I was lucky in that they invited me whenever holidays came, you know, vacation and all. And I had two sister cousins, cousins that were sisters, that lived in Havana and that were about my age. I was in between the two. And they invited me to go for vacation. And I did. And one day they said, we're taking you, we're, we joined a club. And we're taking you with us. And I said, okay, let's go. So it turned out to be um, a Zionist group 
that was called Anoar Atzioni. And that's where I really started learning about Judaism. Because in Matanzas, where we lived, well, that was one of the things that I really envied. And I truly, I can say I envied it, of my friends. Because they in Havana had all of this stuff. And we didn't. So anyway, the point being that I we went to the meetings and I absolutely loved it. I thought this is something I really want to do. And I became a member and became extremely active. And that changed my life completely. Wow. Wow. So what, what, what did that mean? You became observant or? No, no, no. It had, it didn't have to do with being observant. It had to do with Zionism. Okay. Thinking about Israel and what Israel meant and what our past history was, you know, we learned. We had um, Madrigim, you know, leaders that um, taught us things yeah. about all that. And I knew nothing, absolutely nothing. I still don't, but I know a little bit more than I did then. Well, I know, I know. I mean, you actually had a recent bat mitzvah as well, right? Right. Which which was last year, right? It was this year. It, it was this year. Lunch. Oh, that's that's amazing. All right, I'll, we'll we'll get to that later. Okay. So, okay. So, what were you? What were your parents like? Were you close with them? Yes, I was close. Um, but they, you know, they had come from Europe. My mother from. <clears throat> Excuse me. My mother, let me get a drink. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your time. Your mother was from My mother Europe. came from Poland. And my father came from white Russia. And they came in the mm, late 1930s, escaping the Holocaust. Um, my mother came from a large family, brothers and sisters. Unfortunately... She lost a lot of them in mm-hmm. the Holocaust. And two of them actually were rabbis. And one of them was a very, from what she told me, was a very, very highly respected rabbi. And people used to come, she said, from other places, from other towns and cities to ask him when they had problems or whatever because they they trusted his knowledge and his personality. The other one was the youngest, and he actually, he and his wife went through, they went through the Holocaust. They had a very, very difficult time, but eventually they were able, years later, the, the brothers and sister didn't even know if they were alive, because they were back in Cuba already, and they were, that brother and wife was still in Europe. They didn't know about each other. And there is a lot of that that I unfortunately don't know. Uh, you know, it was like in those days, especially that kind of um, environment, it was like, don't let the kids know, you know. Right. You don't yeah. Have to know. Right. Which I think is a mistake, but that's the way it was. So anyway, I don't remember why I got to this point, but no, <laughs> but no, no. It's oh, okay. You asked no, me great. about my my relationship with my parents. Yeah. Okay. So what I was going to say is that um, this is part of that. 
it's the fact that later on I learned that our family life was different from the American or the Cuban family life. You know, it was person, uh, cultures are different. And, but, you know, it, I mean, it didn't seem to hurt in many ways. Maybe in some ways it did. But, you know, we, we, my parents worked very, very hard. They had a dry goods store in Matanzas. And um, that's, that was our life. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I went to school and did what kids do, you know, play, yeah. had friends and so on. Yeah, yeah. Were you, um, what kind of a person were you? Were you a shy person? Were you a popular kid? Were you very social? Well, um, I would say that things changed. I used to be, well, let me, let me explain something. I went to an all-girls elementary school. Um, my parents were very concerned about my my Judaism and my lack of, you know, well, we, I had my three friends, you know, but we didn't really have um, that type of the, all the, the things that they had in Havana, for example. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they sent me to an all girls private school that was close to my home. And I have to explain that, um, my parents' store, we lived behind the store. So it was one building, you know. And um, eventually the owner of the building built two apartments upstairs. And so we moved to one of the apartments upstairs. And there was another family next door. But at the beginning, we lived in the back. Anyway, um, so when I went to school... You know, the girls in that school, if you ask their names, they would be something like Isabel Perez, Maria Rodriguez, you know, this kind of thing. And then when the first day of school, when the teacher would call, you know, the names so that to know if they were present or absent. And I would know because there was this pause she she was looking at the name, trying to figure out how in the heck to pronounce Einstein. And the worst one was my mother's. Oh, my God. My mother's maiden name was Rosenzweig. Wow. Wow. And, you know, so Cubans don't know how to pronounce that. So right. there would be this long pause. And at that point, I wanted to hide under the chair. You know? <laughs> Because I was the only one in the entire school. Well, so as a result of that, the girls in the school, when they would refer to me, they would say, la polaquita, which in Spanish means the little Polish girl. Wow. And I said to them, I'm not polaquita. I am Cuban. I was born here. And they said, no, 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 no. You're polaquita. So I felt that I was different. Mm-hmm. And they felt that I was different. Consequently, I when I knew that some of them would get together, you know, after school and things like that, 
I was never invited. Oh. And maybe in those days, it didn't bother me so much. It took time for me to realize what was going on. Right, right. But you had your three friends, right? I had my three friends, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So it was a mix. It was a big mix for you. Yes. Yeah. Thank God you had your three friends, so you didn't feel completely isolated, right? Yes, that is right. Yeah. I'm a little bit like you. I had, you know, and I had very different phases in my childhood. So I had four friends that were very close to me in elementary school, up till sixth grade. So I I know what you mean. It was, it was enough for me, you know? Uh Um, It wasn't enough for me. It wasn't. It wasn't enough. Yeah. So did you, and is that where you met, did you meet your husband was Alvin, right? Right. Did, did you meet him during that time or was it much later? Oh, no, 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 no. We're talking, I'm talking to you on, up to the age of what? Well, um, until I went to uh, high school, you know. Okay. High school was a different story. But anyway, um, no, I met Alvin in the United States many years later. When oh, I- okay. I didn't realize that. Okay. So we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. So Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so high school is a little bit of a different story because why was that different? Well, because I found that um, people were more um, open, let's put it this way. Maybe they had learned, they had studied, or who knows why. But anyway, also I I was a good student. I wanted to be a good student. So I spent quite a bit of time studying, you know, and uh, that that was different. So I did have more friends in high school, luckily. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. So you got great grades, I would imagine? Uh, in high school, yes. Not in elementary school so much. Yes. Okay, all right. Now, that's high- where we're different. I didn't get good grades in high school. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. I mean, You were I, in Israel at that point, weren't you? I I moved here uh, when I was sixteen, so uh, it was uh, nineteen eighty two. Okay, so I came here. Already in the it, states. It was towards the end of my high school. I I actually did the tenth grade over again because my vocabulary wasn't that good, yeah. and I was I was lacking certain uh, certain things. So I did uh, yeah I did the ten I got here and I did the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth grade here. Uh-huh. Uh, and must have, um, must have been hard. It was very hard. It was very hard. But, you know, I had problems. I was, you know, I had depression already from a young age because my family life and then adjusting to being in America wasn't easy. You know, Um, I guess you probably had the same thing. Right. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you came to America. Was that you? uh, What what was the did, did your parents come here with you? Oh, no. Oh, this is a, it's kind of a long story. I'll try to, I'll try to summarize it. I'm very bad about making summaries, but I know, I know. If you talk too long, I've heard, I've heard from certain people. So if you talk too long, I'm just going to ring a bell. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So you're hearing bells in your head anyway, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You're adding to my bells. Okay. So what happened was I told you that I had joined this, uh, Zionist group. Okay. So I had a boyfriend and I was really, really crazy about him. And he ended up um, 
coming to the United States. And so that kind of, you know, long distance relationships are hard. So anyway, um, when I graduated high school, I wanted to know, are we on or are we off? You know, he and I. And uh, I said to my parents, you know, the only thing I want as a gift, let me go to the United States. I want to go see my family. That was my excuse. They knew darn well that, you know, why I wanted to come. Right. But anyway, so I got my visa. You know, in those days, you still could. I got my tourist visa and came to the States and saw him and realized that it finished. And uh, needless to say, I was very, very sad, as you can imagine. But, you know, life goes on. So I went back. Um, that was in the summer when I came. I went back to Cuba. And in 1959, um, 58, 59, we, well, even before then, uh, Castro was fighting already against Batista. Batista was a dictator, and he was the opposite of Castro uh, in terms of his political beliefs, you know. So anyway, there was a, a lot of commotion in the island. It was horrible. I mean, there was, uh, I remember one Sunday afternoon, we were upstairs in our apartment, and all of a sudden, we heard shots right outside and there somebody apparently was, you know, creating problems and the um, police that were after, I don't know if it was one or more people, but we never found out. Anyway, we later found holes from the bullets outside our house downstairs and and, you know, I remember when the shot started, my parents said to my brother and I, hide under the dining room table. You know, so we all got there. We didn't know what the heck was going on. It was really scary. Um, so, you know, things were getting, and, and especially it was getting worse economically for the people and er every way you could imagine. So I'm going to fast, fast forward um, when I graduated high school, the universities were on strike because they were for Castro and against Batista. Batista killed many, many, many students because there was, uh, they had established um, martial law. So, you know, it was very easy for a soldier or a policeman to come to your house and say to your parents, we need to take your son or daughter for invest interrogation. Yeah. They may never see him or her again. So it was a very, very tough time. Anyway, so I couldn't go to private university because we couldn't afford it. So we looked for something for me to do. And my girlfriends and I, uh, well, we went to, we, we actually um, were together sharing rooms in a boarding house in Havana. And we attended a bilingual secretarial school, which they they told us that in a year, we would end up with a bilingual certificate, a secretarial 
certificate, which would allow us to hopefully get jobs. And it would teach us at least enough English that it would have helped. So I did that. And some of my girlfriends quit. They did not finish. Uh, but I continued and I got my certificate. And afterwards, I found a job. And in fact, I was thinking about this the other day that I was so lucky because the place where I was working was kind of like a, let's say like a Procter and Gamble company, but it was all Cubans, you know, that, but they, they, um, they dealt with detergents and that same similar type of, um, uh, products. Right. And I got a job there. The problem was when I was hired, they told me, they said, um, you know, we're hiring you not for, you know, like completely. We're hiring you at the same time that we hired another girl. And after three months, we will decide which one will stay. Ah. So... Uh. Yes. Oof. Yeah. And it, okay. So it turned out that that second girl, number one, was the sister of one of the vice president's secretary. That was one good thing for her. Another thing was that she was what was called a miliciana. She belonged to the militias. She was for Castro. She would come once or twice a week with her militian uniform. And she would actually, she was like a butterfly. She would go from desk to desk, flirting with the guys. I was working my butt off because I wanted to stay. And she was flirting, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody knew it. But sometimes, you know, one thing I learned in life, sometimes things happen that you think are bad things and they turn out to be good things i don't right. know maybe you've seen that too oh yeah every day yeah <laughs> yeah so um so i was in havana my parents were still in matanzas and i would hear a lot more about politics than they did and i kept hearing that by this time castro was already in power okay And they started nationalizing the biggest businesses first. And what that meant was that they took the government, took over the control of the business, and they would pay the owner a salary, which was nothing. You know, it was, I mean, like, you know, throwing some money away. That was So it was horrible because some of these people had built up their businesses and now they were getting nothing in return. Anyway, that's the way it started. And then it was going from the top lower, you know, so it was going down and they were talking about nationalizing the rest of the businesses. So I knew eventually my parents would lose their store. Yeah. I, I, I would go home many times on weekends and I would say to them, You've got to leave. So what happened was, because I had gone to the United States a year before, my visa was still good. Because it was good for, I don't know, 
three or four years, something like that. I was the only one in the family that had a visa. When my And I begged my parents, please get your visas. You may have to leave. They said, no, we came from, you know, Europe and, and we are now um, Cuban citizens. We're not leaving. And I said, you may have to, but they didn't listen. So by the time they wanted to get a visa, it was too late. They were no longer giving them. Wow. I was the only one with a visa. So they said to me one day, you're going to have to leave. And I said, what? I'm not going by myself. They said, well, you know, we really have no choice. Because if you stay, that means all of us are stuck here. If you leave and you go to the States, you might be able to get us out. Mm -hmm. I mean, it made sense, but I hated the idea. Yeah. I thought I may never see them again. Yeah. And how, how old were you then? By that time, I was probably 18. Wow, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> a lot of pressure. Yes, a lot. So what? So what? Yeah, what happened? So then we started. <laughs> I, I, I just basically was told you have to do it. You know, there is yeah. no choice. So then we had to decide where I would go. Right. So we thought Miami already had tremendous, tremendous influx of Cubans. So. Getting jobs was very difficult. My parents were already, you know, older. I mean, they weren't youngsters. And um, and my mother didn't speak a word of English. My father spoke a little bit, but he was basically deaf. So it was very hard. He couldn't communicate, you know. So anyway, uh, we thought Miami is out. Then we had the possibility of the East Coast, New uh, New Jersey, where I had an aunt and uncle who would have taken me. Uh, But it was very, you know, cold. We we weren't used to the cold weather. And uh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then there was El Paso, where I had another aunt and uncle who had two sons, and they said they would take me. Okay. So we decided that that was of the three choices that was the best. And so I left. And I was, as you can imagine, I, now that I think back, you know, sometimes I do think back to those days. And I think to myself, you know, it's a good thing that I was a little stupid and I didn't really think everything possible. Maybe if it happened to me now, I'm not sure that I would have done it, you know? Well, so, what, what what do you mean? Like stupid in what way? Naive? Well, in knowing all that was involved, you know, the, the, the fact that here I was young and I was going to an unknown world. I, I yeah. spoke very little English. I mean, yeah. I, whatever I learned in my school, that was it. And also the culture was very different. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about El Paso at all. Mm. Uh, is yeah. it a... By the way, you right now you live in Houston, right? Right. So El pa- how far is El Paso from Houston? Oh, it's far. You know, Texas uh, is huge. 
I heard, I get, I guess. I never go to Texas. Yes. Oh, it's too bad. You should have come. You should have come. The only time I was in Houston was at your daughter and my brother's wedding. That was the, the only time I was ever there. Yes. And that was a long time ago. A long time ago. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, El Paso is far. I don't even remember how far El Paso is. It's very far. Very so did it take you? Yeah. So what did you do when you first when you first got there? What, what did you do with your well, time? So uh, I believe it or not, and I don't even know how this happened. Well, I I I got a job <laughs> teaching Spanish to a retired captain of the Navy. Ah. And I, I'll tell you a, a story just to illustrate. So the first day that he that he was supposed to come. It he was supposed to come at four o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm in in the house, my aunt and uncle's house, and I'm looking anxiously out the window to wait to see this guy that I'm supposed to meet, you know. And I see a car parked outside and a man inside and I figure that's gotta be him. So I walk outside and I go to the car and I said, Are you Captain Abbott? And he said, yes. And I said, well, why are you out here? And he looks at his watch and he said, it is two minutes to four. I'm supposed to see you at four o'clock. Wow. And I mean, (laughs) you know, that was kind of like a shock to me because I have to tell you, Hispanics in general, we have a very different approach to time. You know, if I... If, if if he was supposed to see me at four o'clock, but he comes five minutes later, I expect him to come inside. You know, I'm not going to watch for two minutes. Right. So, you know, that was my, my beginning. We we actually became very good friends. He was an older man. He was retired from the American Navy. He had had a very interesting background. Anyway, so at some point in the future, when I was no longer able to continue teaching him, I gave him over to my brother, Jaime. Jaime became, and Jaime was, did you ever meet? Yeah, you met Jaime. I, 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 absolutely. I, I have memories of him in Israel going to the beach with him. He oh, went to the really? Beach. Uh, yeah, I think that, that might have been the only, I've met him a few times while. Well, I you met him at the wedding too. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember him at the wedding, but I definitely remember him in Israel. And he he lived in Israel most of his life, right? Towards well, the no, end. No, 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 no. He lived in Israel uh, at the end of his life. At the end, okay. And yes. how? Yeah, and he, you right. So what what were you saying about him? So he he was really brilliant. You know, like your uncle Bobby was an amazing, I mean, he had an amazing brain. Well, so did my brother. And my brother was really an international lawyer, and he traveled all over the world. And he he had an amazing ability for languages as well. So the first job, he went to Columbia University, as a matter of fact, just like Noah. In those days, they didn't have the problems that they have now, of course. But anyway, um, his jo- first job was in Holland. He knew nothing about Holland, you know, just the basics. 
somehow he taught himself to speak Dutch. And we were told later by Dutch people that he spoke like a native. Wow. They Amazing. Couldn't, they couldn't tell that he wasn't a native. He taught himself other languages as well. And when he retired from law, he started writing and he created or wrote three books. Um, and my sister-in-law, that was the third wife that was married to him, was able to publish all three books, which is great. They're That's one- nice. Yeah. What's the, what, so he, what was his full name? Was it Jaime? Jaime Einstein. I, Jaime Einstein Clark? No, no Clark. Clark is my husband's last oh, name. Okay. So, so if people. Einstein Rosenzweig. In, in um, Hispanic culture, usually you keep your father's m- name and then your mother's maiden name as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Unless you're a woman and if you're married, then things change. So then you yeah. keep your husband's as well. Okay. So he wrote three books that were about law or about. No, 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 no. One was semi autobiographical and it's called Abraham's Island uh, in Spanish. Unfortunately, I kept bugging him. I kept saying, you need to have these books translated to English. And he didn't want anybody else but himself to do the translation. Unfortunately, he never got to do it because he died before he was able to. Yeah. So they only exist in in, in what language? In in Spanish. Oh, so I in can't Spanish. read it because I don't know Spanish. No, I know. I know you can't read it. And his, his uh, ex-wife, Pilar, who lives in Spain, she... Um, she managed to have the books published in Spain. And a lot of people in the States who are bilingual have bought the books and they love them. They said they're wonderful. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And there's, so there's three books all in Sp- Spanish that exist. And one, like I said, one of them is semi-autobiographical. Another one, which is very interesting, has to do with the Zohar. And he did a lot of research and he claims in this book that what is normally the rabbi that is normally believed to have hidden the Zohar was really not the real one. So it was Uh, somebody, you know, that was his, the result of his research, whether right or wrong. I don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Then the third book, which I have not read yet, I have it, but I haven't read it, um, has to do with a family that he met, that he and Pilat met while they lived. I I don't remember if it was in Spain. Yeah, in Spain before they went to Israel. Um, they met this family, and this family had a very interesting background, and he followed them and wrote the book about them. So that's, that's, that's it. Yeah. I remember him. Yeah. I remember him. He was very warm, very uh, easygoing. If I recall, Mm -hmm. Uh, I only met him a few times and he loved the beach. He loves going to the beach. Oh, yes. Yes. But uh, you know, who doesn't love to go to the beach in Israel? (laughs) 
So let, let's fa- let's fast forward a little bit to you meeting uh, Alvin. Okay. So we were in El Paso. And because I, I'm asking because I can't find anybody for me. So I like to hear other people's love stories, you know. Yeah, I can certainly, you know, you deserve to find somebody nice. You really do. I absolutely agree. Yes, you do. Maybe before I'm 95. That would be very good. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably find her when I'm 94 and a half. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so like, let me guess. You met him in some sort of Jewish organization thing? No. Oh, okay. I actually, you won't believe this. So I was, you know, dating different people. And I was dating this guy that I liked. And we dated a while and I was liking him more and more. Then all of a sudden he dropped me like a hot potato. I'm sorry. No, no, don't be sorry. I'm very happy. Okay. So I couldn't understand what the heck happened. You know, did I do something wrong? Whatever. But, you know, I didn't know. Anyway, he stopped calling. And all of a sudden, I get a call from this guy who introduces himself. And he tells me that he is uh, a student at Tulane University in New Orleans. And but he his family he is from El Paso, um, not originally, but he was living in El Paso. His family was in El Paso. His mother, because the mother was a widow. So anyway, and I said to him, "How did you find out about me?" You know, and he said, "Oh, Steve Rosenberg gave me your name." And Steve Rosenberg was the, my previous beau, and I thought, "Oh, if he gave him the name." That means he doesn't care about me at all, you know? Right, right. So anyway, I thought, well, the heck with him. So I said to Alvin, well, why don't you come over so we can meet in person? And he did. And I liked him immediately. He was very warm, very easygoing. Um, He was at that time... He was getting his master's in social work at Tulane University. And he wasn't able to finish it there because you would not believe we went uh, later on uh, when we were married. uh, He had a friend, very good friend, who lived in New Orleans and who offered us to go spend the entire summer and at his house because he and his wife and kids or whatever had a second home in another state and they were going to be gone. And he said it would help me if somebody was staying in my house. So we went with the idea that, you know, we would spend because we, we had, we were both teaching at that time. So we had summer vacations So we thought, well, we'll take, you know, some clothes and we'll see how it goes. You know, it was unbelievable that we we drove from El Paso. Okay. When we get to the outskirts, just the outskirts of New Orleans. I don't know if you've ever been to New Orleans. No. They have these trees. I don't remember the name of these trees. But anyway, they have these very old trees that have the moss. All around them, you know, they're wrapped in moss. And they kind of like drip stuff, you know. 
Mm-hmm. As soon as we got to anywhere where those trees were, Alvin started sneezing. And he wouldn't stop sneezing. He couldn't control it. It was horrible. That same day, I remember we had to go to the doctor because, you know, he was really getting sick. Uh, well, it turned out that he was extremely, extremely allergic to, and that, that city is everywhere you look, it's those trees. So he couldn't continue there. He mm-hmm. had, so he went back to El Paso, which I was happy about that. But anyway, so that's how we met through this other person. And as life has it, so I was working at that point in a in an office. And he got a job at the Jewish Community Center. He was the program director. He needed, they needed somebody else to work there at the time. So he told me, he said, you know, you may want to investigate this job. Maybe you could get a better, better salary. So I went and I got the job. So I, he and I started spending a lot of time together. And it lasted, I don't know, maybe like four years or something. And until we actually got engaged and married. Yeah. So four years of courtship four and then five. the wedding. Four or five. Yeah. That, that sounds reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> And so you came back from New Orleans to El Paso. Yes. That was only only a visit, you know. But I love New Orleans. The time that we were there, we we managed to stay a week um, in that house. And it was wonderful because it, it allowed us the opportunity that, you know, to, to visit parts of the city. The food is incredible. Oh my yeah. God. You know, yeah. great. Wait, wait, tell me the wedding. Was it a big wedding? Where did you actually get married? In El Paso? We got married in El Paso, Benet Zion Synagogue, which is, you know, the conservative synagogue there. Uh, I used to work there, actually. I was working, I was, uh, I worked at the Jewish Community Center and then I worked also at the synagogue teaching uh, Sunday school and music. So, you know, I I loved doing that. Yeah. Was it it a big wedding or? No, it wasn't a huge wedding. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't tiny, but it wasn't, it wasn't huge, you know. What kind of a person was Alvin? Was he? I think uh, Myra, your daughter, told me that he was kind of a calm. He had a he was a good sense of humor, a very calm person. Yes, yes, yeah. And you know what? Really, really, when I think about his death, one of the things that really bothers me is that he never got to meet any of his grandkids. Yeah, and he would have been an amazing, amazing grandpa. You know, yeah, and when I remember that when Myra and David came, I think that they at that time, if I remember correctly, I think they were living in Eritrea, yeah, and they came when they found out that he was dying, and Myra told him that she was pregnant, she was pregnant with Noah at the time, yeah, so you amazing, know, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm amazing. I mean, I, I never got to meet him, but uh, so you had how many years were you actually married to him? Do you remember? Two. Thirty-two years. Mm-hmm. And you had Myra when you were how old? You were in your tw- 20, late twenty. Twenty. Five twenty-six. We got married when I was twenty-five, so I must have been twenty-six, twenty-seven around there. Right. So you had Myra and then Sharon, your second daughters. What's the age difference? Four years later. Four years later. So by the way, I know Myra pretty well. She is very smart. She is very much, um, she loves her job and she is a jobaholic, if there is any such word. Workaholic, yes. We made it up. Um, but anyway, she she and she's very good at what she does. Oh, I'm she's fan- yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I mean we I'm- I mean the yeah. I mean the, the joke that we have is I try to make her more zen. She has <laughs> a very you know, she has a and she always tells me, Oh, I'm Zen, I'm Zen while she does a million different things, you know. Was was she was she always like that when she was a kid? Uh, was she? Oh my God! No, no, no. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Um, I mean, she always was. She was a leader from the beginning. Always. Yeah. yeah. Um. She. She. If she went into a group, she stood out. I would say. I'm the mother. You know. Maybe I'm a little subjective about this. Um, but anyway, yes, she always had this leadership ability. Yeah. And, and it, it really showed. Yeah. In the way she did things. And, um, she always, I remember when she was in high school and she joined, um, USY, which is United Synagogue Youth. It's a youth group, uh, in this conservative synagogues. And she became one of the top leaders in the whole group. Yeah. And, and she would come home after they had had a meeting or whatever, uh, you know, outside of the city. And she would cry, my friends, my friend. We would tease her when, you know, we couldn't really tease her when she was crying. But, I mean, she would you know, crying her eyes out because she didn't have her friends with her. And Sharon couldn't understand this at all because Sharon is not like that at all. And so Sharon would like, you know, what, what what's this all about? You know? Right. But yeah, that, that was the way she was. So, was yeah. She, yeah. Was she a good student? Was she always getting good grades? Or- uh, no. When she was in maybe... High school, I think she, if I remember, I don't think that she got, she wasn't like summa cum laude or anything like that, you know. She got good grades, but not, she could have done better, but she was doing other things, you know. Yeah. Socially, she was getting top grades. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um and Sharon, in comparison, I would say is a little more subdued. I don't know, subdued is the right word. A little? <laughs> uh, maybe more. Uh, yeah, very. It's amazing how people have different personalities, right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, my brother and I are very different. I mean, you yes. know, he when I when I was growing up, uh, my brother was more outgoing than I was. You know, I was taking off one of the things on the computer. I'm sorry. Yes, I I can see that you and your brother are very different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And then I I got to know Sharon's kids, who are your granddaughters, Abby and um, Maddie. Abby, Maddie, and Alex. And Alex. Now, Alex and Maddie have very much the same personalities, it seems to me. Um, they're very, they're very calm. They seem very calm. I think yeah. Alex, uh, Alex, they have a very calm demeanor. And, you know, um, it's interesting to observe. I mean, and they also look a little bit the same in their facial structure, you know. Yes. It's amazing that Maddie and Abby are twins. And they look nothing, nothing. It's like night and day. And personality also completely night and day. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh. I know. It's, it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. When, when Myra met my brother and do you remember meeting my brother for the first time? Not for the first time. Well, actually, yes. I picked him up at the airport and drove him and I probably drove him crazy because I remember, and I thought afterwards, I thought to myself, why did you do that? You know, <clears throat> excuse me, I started talking to him, and I guess that I was a little nervous because, you know, I was meeting my daughter's fiancé for the first time, you know. And I started telling him about family, family values, and how much family means to us, and blah, 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 which, you know, I did I shouldn't have done that. And afterwards, I thought to myself, you're stupid. Why did you do that? You know, but <laughs> anyway. I'm now, sure. I'm Yeah, I'm sure he liked you right away, though. You're 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 a very likable person. Oh, thank you, Danny. That's very sweet of you. I don't consider myself very likable, but. Well, <laughs> you know, I uh, everything is relative, right? <laughs> yes, yes, that is so. No, I- no, you're, you're, I mean, you're very, you have a great energy about you. I have oh, so many, you know, I mean, I, listen, I just spent a lot of time with everybody, you know, and, uh, you know, we all need to kind of, everybody has different opinions and we all love each other. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot, there's a million and one things that happen, but underneath it all, we all love each other. You of know? course, of course. I wish I could interview you sometime because you're very interesting. And oh. there are lots of things about you that I don't know. I would like to do that someday. Yeah, we could totally do that. I'm, I'm an open book, you know. Okay. But, but, you know, but really I have... You know, I'm actually kind of a loner. I spend a lot of time by myself. You know, I I like people a lot, but I have, you know, I have a certain amount of energy and I'm, I'm usually pretty funny, you know? So for some reason, when I'm with people, I, my sense of humor comes out, but I'm really, so people think that I'm more social than I really am because that's the way I am socially, but I'd like to be alone. And that's always been the thing, you know? Okay. Um, so um, but yeah, I mean, I have a lot of, um, I, I've, I've also been a different person in different times of my life, you know, and it's only in the last few years wow. that I feel really comfortable with myself. That's great, Danny. Yeah. I, isn't that the nice thing about getting older? Is you, yes. start to feel- you know what? A lot of people wish that they could say that and they don't, they, they can't because it's, it doesn't happen. Doesn't happen yeah. to everybody. Yeah. You know, I I have one way that 
that I can say for myself that I have changed and I have to work very, very hard at this is to not, how can I say this? To not allow something that bothers me um, to be kept inside. That gave me a lot of harm through the years. So I'm trying very hard not to do that. Mm -hmm. If somebody says or does something that bothers me, it has to come out. Right. It has to come out. Because otherwise it keeps bothering me. Yeah, it's healthier too. I mean, much healthier. Yeah, that's why people go to therapists all the time, right? To get things. Yeah. Um, And I've been to many, many, many therapists in my life. (laughs) Well, did you find that they did anybody help you? Yes, of course. I've I've had one, especially in the last few years, the last ten years, that really and 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 now I stopped because I'm doing well, and he actually came. Yeah, he came, he he came to my last play even. So we're, you know, oh, I want to go to your play. I, I know. Actually, you you would enjoy my next one because I'm supposed. I went to audition and I got uh, audition for somebody my age. Oh. But they gave me the role of the grandfather. You're kidding. I'm not. Can you believe it? They're aging me. Oh my god! What is the name of the play? Well, it's actually a famous place. Neil Simon wrote a lot of plays, and this is called Broadway Bound. It's the oh, last... I love it. Oh my god! You know, you know. Why it? don't you come? No, I don't know it, but I, you know, everything I've heard of Neil Simon and yeah. Broadway Bound, I've heard of, but I don't. Yeah. Know, I really don't know anything about it. No, it's good. It's about it's about a Brooklyn family uh, in 1949. So I have two problems. I have to be an older man. So I'm trying to do an older man voice. <laughs> and I know, I know. It's a work in progress. And then I have to do a Brooklyn accent as well. So it's, uh, oh it's, uh, I'm actually, I have an appointment tomorrow with a dialect coach. So, oh. uh, yeah, I mean, I take this stuff very seriously, you know, but I, I love, too bad you don't, you know, you don't come to New Jersey, you know? Yes, it's too bad. I would love to. I really when was the, when was the last time you were? Uh, do you leave? Do you get to leave El Paso? Or was that too difficult? I mean, Houston. Uh, Houston. You, I'm sorry, Houston. See, I'm, I have memory problems. I know that's okay. That's okay. Um, I actually I went to the city. Um, I can't remember when it was. I went to to visit Sharon and family. And that's obviously before Alex uh, started college. So that tells you it's like six years ago, maybe, or something. I can't believe it's been that long. Anyway, I went to visit Sharon and we had planned this. And we took a bus and went to the city, went to a, you know, we went to a hotel and we spent the weekend there. And at that time, I was able to walk a lot better than I can now, which helped, you know, in New York, you have to walk. And anyway, uh, oh, it was wonderful. We had such a good time. And uh, I had hoped that now that my and family are in the States, thank God, that I would be able to go and visit them. But that hasn't happened yet. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, listen, I live an hour, two hours away from them, and I hardly ever visit them myself. So it's tough, you know, because everybody yeah. has, their, yeah, everybody has their own lives. And um 
I should visit them more often. So they're probably mad at me too. So you see, everybody's. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're not mad at you. They, uh, they know, you know. I mean, Myra and I talked about this and because I thought I was going to do the same thing. I was going to go visit Sharon and then go to New York. But Myra said to me, and we agreed, that the way she and David work and the way the kids' lives are now, that, and you know, they're so concerned with my walking. I'm walking with a, a cane, you know, just to give me, Security, because I fell, and that's why they're concerned. But actually, I manage. I go out here. I drive. I I go places yeah. and all that, you know. Yeah. It just, it it didn't make sense for me to go now. Yeah, I, yeah. Obviously, the thing that worries me is that, you know, time is ticking. I mean. Yeah, I know, I know. I know, I know. But anyway, I, I, whatever. We, yeah, you know. yeah, I know, I know. Do you, um, how do you, do you feel, um, I, I spend a lot of time with a lot of older people as part of my job, you know, right. and everybody, everybody has a different sort of attitude about life. Some people are very grumpy and some people are very grateful that there's, you know, that their lives are actually pretty full. Um, do you feel, um, do you occupy yourself with things? Do you feel bored or do you feel pretty, um, you know, busy with things that you like to do. What what do you like to do these days? Okay, so these days I am president of the senior group at my synagogue, which means that as of now, we have a program each month. And being the president, I'm the plumber, you know, so I have to plan the programs uh, in conjunction with the synagogue, and I have a small board of people that supposedly work with me, and I say supposedly because some do, some don't, you know. And uh, anyway, we I I feel very good about that because we have brought some wonderful, wonderful programs that have been very well attended, and uh, people keep telling us that they like it and, uh, you know, to continue. So it's very rewarding, you know, in that sense. But it's it takes work. This doesn't happen by miracle, you know. So busy, yes. And in addition to that, now that I joined this choir, that also has taken this thing about singing in other languages, Danny, just like you're learning a dialect, well, figure that, you know, we didn't have a, di- a a coach, but I have spent literally hours learning how to pronounce these darn things, you know? Right, yeah. And I mean, but I, I love the music. It's wonderful. And, um, like, and, you know, the fact that I feel it's important to keep your brain Occupied. occupied yes yes that's what's yes every time i sit here and i try to memorize lines i tell myself this is preventing memory loss you know that's right, that's right. yes do you do, do, is this your first time that you're singing or did you sing oh, no. all your all my all your, life all my really? life yes when i started in that zionist group uh we would sing israeli melody songs you know that's how i learned a lot of a lot of the stuff and I, yeah. I love it. And 
So through the years, I have sung in different choirs and, um, uh, and then, you know, when my bat mitzvah came around, I know that a lot of kids and kids' parents worry whether the kids are going to be on, uh, you know, in tune or if they, how, how are they going to learn the melodies and all that. That was one thing I was not worried about. I was worried about a lot of other things, but not that, you know. So I'm not a, I don't consider myself a good singer, especially now as you get older, your voice changes. But I, you know, if I'm in a group with a hundred others, my voice is not going to stand out. <laughs> so that's, right. you know, that's my way to get by this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. are some of these people friends of yours socially or do you just see them in, in the group? Um, Some, in fact, the way that I got into this is because some of my f- people that I know are singing in this group. We used to have a synagogue choir that was a tradition. When we joined that synagogue, there was a choir that had been in existence. And then when I found out about it, I joined and I sang with it, with them until very recently. So we're talking since 19, what, 1960, no, what 60, 19... Well, when the kids were young, you know. Okay, um, so like 70-something, I guess. I mean, you know, a lot of time ago. So now, unfortunately, through show politics that I don't want to get into, the choir was dissolved, which should never have happened, in my opinion. But anyway, it's only my opinion. Not only my opinion. But anyway, so I felt there was something missing in my personality, my system. Because I wasn't singing. So when I found out about this choir, I thought, well, what the heck? I'll, you know, I had to audition and I thought maybe they won't take me, you know, but they took me. And so now I, I love it. I'm very happy to be in there. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, when you, when you, I'm, I'm, I just thought about something. When you were raising the kids, uh-huh. um, were you, was there, uh, did you go to synagogue every week or was it more, you weren't observant in the way that it was every week and like. I Well, I don't have a kosher home, for example. I don't. Okay. And we eat out. I mean, and we, you know, we, we, I mean, we never ate pork, but we certainly did shrimp. And, right. You know, right. And somehow we made the decision. I, I have a cousin who is now very observant and he used not to be in fact that was the cousin where i stayed in el paso you know and he says he thinks that god made a mistake that this business about not eating shrimp and lobster this should not have happened (laughs) right 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 i I, I'm very interested in the whole because uh, you know I grew up with you know with a rabbi as a father, and but I have a because I had a tough childhood with him. He was you know we had a tough relationship. It's very hard for me to go into a synagogue and feel comfortable because I had to be you know in that environment all you know in those troubled years. But I love uh, a lot of things about being Jewish, of course. 
So I have a little bit of a dichotomy of emotions regarding the whole, you know, um, being observant is tough for me, even though I, I think I would like to be a little bit more than I am. Um, but I have a little bit of a conflict there because my childhood was tough and I associate that with religion, you know. I can certainly understand and appreciate what you're saying. And I have to tell you, I have a dichotomy in a different way in a really big level. I still, and you know, this may sound, I don't know, may sound, uh, what's the word? Well, whatever the word is. I have a lot of trouble with accepting a belief in God. Yeah. And, you know, for one thing, I say, where was he during the Holocaust? I know, of course. You know, of course, which is, you know. Yeah. Or, or, why, or why do good thing, bad things happen to good people? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, I you know, I, yeah. I think that we, we yeah. most I, of us have some yeah. sort of dichotomy there. Yeah, yeah. I, I struggle with that, too. I mean, what, what I've come to sort of accept is that there's a lot of things that we don't understand, and we have to accept what we don't understand, that there's things beyond our comprehension. Yes. That's the best that I could come up with. You know, you know, my mom passed away when she was 36. Wow. You know, it's crazy. Do you, re- do you remember much about her? Uh, it's you- interesting. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I did a podcast a few uh, months ago with my mom's best friend who's still uh, living in the States. Really? Yeah, it was wonderful. And I got actually I'd love to hear that. I'd love to hear yeah, that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the I'll send you the episode. Me and my brother actually were sitting in the car yesterday or and uh, listening to it. Uh, it's wonderful to have these these conversations. Um, I don't remember her that well because I was 11 and I think psychologically I maybe blocked a few things out, maybe PTSD, who knows. So I wish I remember more, but um, I I know a lot about her. I just don't remember how she was with me. I don't remember her voice. I don't remember her, you know, the way she was with me as a mother and child. But, um, you know, I'm learning more as I age, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I, and it's very, I'm very glad I did that, that conversation with oh, my yes. mom's. It's oh, so great. Goodness. How old is she about? Uh, her best friend? Yes. Uh, probably, uh, late seventies, uh, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, maybe early eighties. I'm not sure she was, it was, she was great. And, uh, it's, that's why these conversations are so important because you have a little bit of a document of history, you know, that's why I was asking you about your childhood because it's important. It's important to know how you felt and how you feel now and what makes you the person that you are, you know, it's fascinating. Do you, do you feel, um, you know, everybody has sort of, uh, they, the people say that the older they get, the the nice thing is they have a little bit more wisdom or a little bit more, I don't know, they feel something, some sort of acceptance or some, some sort of, I don't know what the word is, some kind of connection. Do you feel good about where you are? I guess that's the, that's the question that, that I can ask you. And I'm going to answer you yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. Okay. Uh, I feel when I look back, I think to myself, why did I do thus and such? The way? You know, I, I, it's very bad sometimes when you start thinking back and you, you really 
say, why did I do that? I should not have done it, you know, and all that. On the other hand, I, 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 I have to tell you, I feel in many ways very blessed. Um, I went through two cancers and was able to, thank God, recover, you know, and do whatever it is that I do. And I am more, I guess I can say maybe I'm more tolerant of myself in some ways. And I'm thinking, you know, you do the best you can. And that's that's good. Absolutely. And, and you know, it used to be that I would not have accepted that very well. Um, so that's a change. And the problem is that sometimes that can, that can, um, it can create problems with your younger folk. Mm -hmm. They don't see it maybe the same way. And that can create, you know. Yeah. 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 But right. I, I understand. But I think it's it's nice that you feel good about a lot of things because I, I I spent you first of all your energy is very I could I could tell by talking to you your energy is very alive, uh you know you have a wonderful energy and that's that that means so much you know um I I spend I spend a lot of time with women uh, that I sometimes I take care of them I go into their house and I you know I'm a, I almost become like a friend because I see these people all the time. Oh, nice. And, yeah. I even did a podcast with one of my passengers a few months ago. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's, I find people's lives very interesting, you know. And some I of do these people, too. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's sad and it makes me sad. You know, sometimes people don't have a lot of people to talk to. And so I see, I see a lot of, I'm not just, I'm not just someone who drives them. I'm, I'm, I'm a companion, you know. Um, so it's, it's a, you know, it's like, it's like I do a mitzvah. Sometimes they drive me crazy because they tell me the same things over and over again. Oh my God. (laughs) 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 I have some of those. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But, um, but there is also something beautiful about, you know, about being here for a certain, we all know that we're here for a certain amount of time. Uh, and then the older you get, you lose more people. And I think you're very strong. I mean, um, some people, you know, once their spouse passes away, have a really hard time to getting on with their life, you know, and, um, maybe, maybe some of your words could help other people, you know, um, how did you, how did, how did you, um, did do you remember, I mean, of course you remember it, but do you remember, I don't know, did you just. Did you did you have was it expected or unexpected his passing was he sick for a while Oh yeah he had uh, pancreatic cancer Yeah so did my mom Yes I know I yeah. know because they yeah. Did, yes Yeah yeah it's yeah It's horrible it's horrible I mean I know. um you know I was not I did not even to the end I did not accept his death and um I mean, my brother, it's a good thing. And I, you know, I I have blocked some things. And I remember that my brother was here with us. And because Alvin was getting worse, he was here with us. And Alvin said at some point that he 
needed to go to the ER. And I said, no, why? Let's take care of it here. I didn't want him leaving the house because that meant bad things, you know. And Jaime, my brother, said, if he says he wants to go to the ER, we're taking him to the ER. And so it's a good thing he was here. And that was the end. So, you know, I remember, in fact, that he was in the gurney when we called the ambulance. He was in the gurney. And some of the neighbors that we knew for years came out and, you know, he waved goodbye to them. Mm. And I remember that very, very vividly. And... um and I did not want to accept it. I said, no, let's stay. Let's, why do we have to go? And so it's a good thing that my brother was here. Yeah. And he kind of took over. You know? Yeah. 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 So, but, uh, but, um, yeah, but carrying on after that, I mean, it takes a strong person to, to try. I mean, of course you, I mean, I, I believe that they're all here with us. You know, I really, I, 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 to- I don't, I also share with you, not sure about the God thing, mm-hmm. but I do believe that there's something much more than what we see and feel. And I feel my uncle all, all around, all, all the time. Really? You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I especially, yeah, because, you know, because we, we carry, we carry the traits that they have. They, they go into us, you know? And um, that's one beautiful thing. Also, you know, the older you get, I mean, it's nice. The nice thing about it is that you you start to discard things that don't mean that much. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. In fact, I <laughs> supposedly that's one of the things that I keep trying to do is I have this huge pile of mail and stuff, you know, my daughters, of course, they being young, you know, they don't have that. They do everything on- online, paperless, you know, and all that. I am still of the old school. I like to read a book, a real book, not in a computer or in anything else. I like to turn the pages and feel that, you know, and the same way with, with, you know, paper. I want to see, I want the paper in my right. Life. Right. What that has, it's negative side. You know, it accumulates. I can't show you, but I am surrounded by all that stuff. And of course, I'm so busy now with practicing and preparing for this concert. I don't have time. So it's like, you know, this is going to wait. Yeah, 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 sure. Listen, we all have projects, right? Yes, yes. Oh, what what kind what kind of books do you like to read usually? Oh my gosh, uh, you know, I don't like blood and guts, uh, you know, in movies or books or anything like that. But I do like, for example, Agatha Christie, uh, which sometimes has blood and guts, but I love her murders, uh, her, his, her stories, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. I have several books waiting by my bedside table. Um, one of them, interestingly enough, is from a family, a Cuban family that lived in our community. And apparently the one of his granddaughters uh, wrote it 
originally, or she had the information, but somebody else, it was a ghost writer, you know, so somebody else actually did the writing. And I have the book, I'm waiting to read it, because there are lots of things about them that I don't know about their later life, you know. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's one that I'm I'm waiting for. Um, and another friend had sent me a book that she loved, and that too is waiting for me, which is totally different. So, you know, I I don't like to limit myself in reading. I, I like to kind of do different yeah. things. How about you? What do you like? I love books, but I don't, I mean, I, but I'm terrible about reading. My attention span is a problem. So usually when I read, I'm reading a script that I'm working on, uh-huh. right? Well, that must be difficult too. That must be very hard. Yeah, but it's not really reading. I'm memorizing the words into my yeah. little brain, you know? <laughs> it's not so little. You're doing a lot of memorizing there. I, I am. I am. And uh, it's it's really, you know, it's a love-hate relationship. I mean, it's uh I hate memorizing and rehearsing is a real pain. And then you always, and you feel terror. You feel like you're going to be on stage and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to screw up. People are going to laugh at you. I've done a million plays and I feel the same way. But then when you get to perform, it's wonderful. It's how you feel. And and do you feel like you become that character? It depends. It depends on the, I, I, I'm, I'm making the transition from being the younger leading man type to more character parts. You know, they gave me the grandfather part now. Yes. So, so a lot of the characters I've played have been sort of close to who I am. So, uh, you know, comedic roles, you don't have to think too much about the character that much. But in this case, I, I am going to have to become another person, you know, That's I'm not, yeah, I'm not 77 and, uh, and the guy is grumpy and he complains about his family and he complains about everything, you know. Oh, I wish I could see it, darn it. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I, they'll probably tape it. I'll probably be able to send you the link. Probably. Oh, God, I would love that. Please yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I once played Woody Allen in a, in a play. Really? Oh, I, boy. I, that was fun. And I could send you some some clips of that, actually. That um, would be great. That, that I actually felt... Kind of becoming another character because I'm not as neurotic as Woody Allen is. Oh, he is really. Is he alive or did he die? He's alive. He's alive. We haven't heard from him for a while because he's had personal problems and he oh. he, 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 he still makes movies in Europe. But yeah, the really? early stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, uh, he just wrote a book about his life a few years ago. Oh. Uh, he's an interesting guy, but. Uh, See, when you're playing a person, you know, it kind of depends on the role, you know, but in every in every role, you try to find pieces of yourself that are similar to the character, because then it becomes more truthful. That Um, must be very hard. That must be very difficult. You have to really go way into yourself to bring it out. Yeah, but I love I love it because when I was a kid, I was very shy, and that was one way to express myself was to bring aspects to myself on stage. So when did you start actually acting? How oh, I start I started young. I mean, I remember um, probably I was I got more serious at eighteen, nineteen, twenty. When I came to America, I was I got more serious about it. Well, that's um, fantastic. I mean, you've yeah. been doing it for a long time. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's a it's a I remember even as a kid, I just had an imagination and, you know, I was having a tough family life, but I had my imagination and me and my brother would always 
play, you know, games with acting and characters. We were always. He's still David? Oh, yeah. Yeah. David is not what you think he is, you know. <laughs> oh, I want to hear about this. <laughs> yeah. My, my brother, my brother was very fun <laughs> as a kid. Uh, we would play cowboys. You know, we had each other. We had, uh, even though there's five years between us, we had each other. And uh, when you have a tough family life, you bond together. So we were very close. Well, we had we were sleeping in bunk beds. He was on top of me literally every every night, you know. <laughs> and and uh, we would play, you know, we would play cowboys, and we were having we had a basketball net, and we would, you know, play. We would invent teams. We had a very rich imagination. That's wonderful. Yeah, and so uh, of course. And, and, and so I had I had the I think music and arts that's really who I am and that's always it's not I used to think I liked it because it was an escape and it was an escape but now it's now it's more now it's my life I'm not escaping I'm actually an artist you know for better or for worse you know yes. um, and I think about things in an artistic sort of way you know and if if uh, you know what would we do without music and imagination right uh, no no. Life would not be worth living. Right. I mean, all we have is chairs, tables, walls, and then, and that's a prison. And then we have an imagination that sets us free, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and that's why I like talking to people because I always find everybody has sort of, you know, a job and a family, but everybody has a sort of different psychology, you know? But you know what bothers me? And I shouldn't say bothers me, but maybe it does. When I talk to people who who seem, at least, so bland that there is, they're lacking, you know, where is your, it's like, you know, you're talking to a cantaloupe. <laughs> you know? well, I, I, right. Because I think they're lacking something that they're passionate about. You yes, know? exactly. So they, they have, you know, even the way they express themselves is like very, you know, yeah, robotic. Yeah, there is nothing much there. And yeah, it's and difficult I, to try and bring something out. I know, I know, and it's a blessing to. It's also a childlike curiosity that you kind of retain. I think when you're an artist or when you think about certain things. I mean, every first of all, everybody I think is an artist. You just have to cultivate it, right? Maybe. And I think that uh, that that. Most artists that I know are very playful people. You know, they like to play. And that keeps you young. You know, playfulness keeps you young. Well, I'm trying to 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 keep your mind active. Mm -hmm. I, I still go back to that. One of the things that I really try to do with my group, you know, the the we call ourselves Hazak. And um what we I try to do is that I don't bring only performers. We do have performers that come and perform, and it's great. They love it, and we love it, and all that. But I also feel like it's very important to bring education, something, information, for lack of a better term, because these people, if they were not coming, to, let's say, to our meetings, they would be home in front of the TV, Right. And, you know, and I would rather see them with us learning something, hearing something, seeing something that has value mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, being home right. 
in front and when I say in front of the TV, not necessarily with anything of much value. Let's put yeah. it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, some people have uh, still a lust for life and some people sort of uh, just go through life, you know? And exactly. I, th- I think that's the journey that we have is to try to find what we are, what what we love and, you know, what we love makes us who we are, you know? Exactly. <clears throat> and, and relationships. So, you know, I want to, I think this is very important. That's why I love these conversations that I have because it's really most of the time I think about myself. I think about what I'm supposed to be doing. And then when I talk to somebody like you, I, I get to, to live your life through what you're saying, you know? It's nice. <laughs> well, I, I hope so, Danny. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, yeah. No, your life is your life is very interesting. Look what you look what you did. You came from Cuba to a whole new country. I mean, that was a very brave thing to do. You you survived cancers you I mean you you're you're a survivor it's a it's a really a you know it's a title I wish I didn't have you know it really uh yeah yeah it, it obviously it wasn't easy it wasn't easy it's been there have been many things in my life that I did and I'm thinking back now and I say how did I do that I didn't even think it through I just knew that I had to do it and I just didn't think I just did, you right. know. It's a difference. Right. That's the difference. Uh, yeah. yeah, and and what? yeah, no, I know. But you know, some people like I, I've suffered from depression, and you know, you know, I've had periods where I was really paralyzed. But it's very nice to hear that everybody goes through hard times, but you kind of go on and you persevere, and and hopefully you find some sense of joy. And I think you have a lot of joy in your life. I mean, you're thank you. I you know. Try. But you know, I I admire you also because I I know I knew before what you were going through, and that must be a horrible, horrible feeling. Well, so, yeah, yeah, it, it's but, paralyzing. It really is. I mean, you feel like what can you do? You you lose control, right? I mean, yeah, I've had yeah, I've had times where it felt out of control, and I still worry about it because it you know I've had I've had it. You know, but I know that every time that happens, somehow I bounce back, you know, and the good the good thing about it, if there is a good thing, there is the good thing is that when you bounce back from an illness, you don't look at life the same way. You're very grateful when I get up in the morning and I don't feel depressed. I feel very grateful that I'm still here and that I, then I don't you know, and people that don't have that adversity might take life for granted more, you know, yes. So that's a that's a big thing. That's a big thing. And I also think, I mean, people that have had tough times, they are they're probably more in tune with life because they've been you can't have the light without the dark, right? If every if everything was light, <clears throat> we would take it for granted. Yes. Yes. You know? So of course we don't we don't want the dark, but it's um it's there. It's there. It's, it's there. Oh, we have to fight it every day, you know? And oh, yeah, and the fa- and the fact that you're still active and you're doing things. I mean, when when is the singing thing next week in December? We have um, this is going to be very fun. We have an Israeli chef who I I've not tasted her food yet, but I heard that she's amazing, and she is Sephardic, and my synagogue is 
99.9% Ashkenazi. So a lot of them, I guarantee you, have no earthly idea of the traditions, the culture, the foods that are typical of the Sephardic group. And I said to her, I don't need you to make chicken soup and matzo balls. You know, we don't need that. I want you to make Sephardic food. And I want you to explain to us what what is the meaning? What is the tradition and all that? So um, <laughs> this was crazy. She was going, one of the, when she showed me the menu, the main thing was fish. It's what they call chrem, is what I understand, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. And I've never had it. I have never seen it. And uh, she told me, she said, this is on practically every Sephardic Shabbat table. You know, mm. that we serve this fish. Well, it so happened, somebody says in the group, I'm allergic to fish. I can't even be in a room if there is fish there. Well, frankly, later, I thought to myself, she should have said, I will stay home so you all can have the fish. But she didn't, you know. She wanted to be a part of it without the fish. So anyway, I said to Imbal, I said, I'm sorry, but we have to change that. We can't have the fish. So she's making other things, you know. So I'm very excited. It looks like a wonderful menu, and we're going to all sample, you know, the stuff. Yeah. It should be fun. Yeah, yeah. And is it a one-time performance? Is it a one-time? Oh, yeah. It's a one-time. If we want to bring her back, that will be later, but we have other things coming. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we have one program coming in a few months is a a guy that works for NASA and he lives in near NASA, you know, in uh near Galveston. And he's one of the higher ups, but he's he put it he put because he did his program several years ago for us. It's called Jews in Space. And he shows all the different um astronauts, uh the Jewish ones that have had an impact in the uh, aeronautic industry, you know. So, but it's a fun show. You know, he did such a good job. People just wanted him to continue. They didn't want him to stop. So I asked him to come back, and he's going to do it. So mm-hmm. Nice. That's going to be fun. Do you, by the way, do you have friends in your life now that have been friends for many, 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 many years? Yes. Yes. Okay. And you see them pretty often? Yes. We have a group that is called, we call ourselves the Golden Girls. And we, it's a, it's now it's like seven of us. Unfortunately, we've lost, I lost my best friend a couple of years ago, but we have new people that came in into the group and boy we've had some really weird experiences let me tell you with with some of this stuff uh unfortunately one of them just to give you an, an example um some of them happen to live in in the same 
high rise, okay? So they see each other more. One of them that was part of the group and knew, you know, she developed dementia. And so the other ladies that would go downstairs to the lobby for whatever, they would see her sitting there dressed with her purse in her hand. They said to her, where are you going? Why are you all dressed up here in the lobby? She said, I'm waiting for my mother. My mother is coming to pick me up, you know. Well, fortunately, she's now in the right place. She's in a very good facility with memory specialists and all that. So, you know, it's, it's that. But that's what you get when, if you get to live to this age, unfortunately, I'm I'm sure you must have heard this, that you start, you feel like you're losing people yeah. you love. Sure. Or, you know, and that you were exposed yeah. or, you know, you see these things, you know, which is. Yeah, I very, know. Very <clears throat> I know. I know. It's devastating. I know. Yeah. So anyway, yes. But I'm lucky in that I still have, I have one friend that I've known. I mean, her daughter and Myra were very, very good friends in high school. That's when we first met. And uh, we are still, I mean, Judy, the mom, lives in that high rise, but she's part of my board, you know, so she works with me. And uh, we we talk on the phone and we see each other and we share a lot of things, you know, uh, even though she and I are very, very different, but that's okay. I don't, I don't care. I don't mind. In fact, it's good. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. <clears throat> so, yeah. And do you, do you, uh, uh, do you feel Jaime? Like, do you think about him a lot? A lot. I, every day, every day, there is always something. And he used to be, he also had a very, he was very funny like you. And he was, Sometimes very sarcastic, but I love that. He and I would talk. That's one thing, you know, if I see something peculiar or whatever, I say, oh, hi, man, I would have been discussing this. You know, we would have talked about this and we would make names up and, you know, all kinds of weird things. Yeah. And we fought also like cats and I don't know if you and David fought, but. Oh, no, no, that's so unusual. Well, we had five years between us, so it wasn't, you know, and we had a lot of adversary. So we were together as a team, you know, like it was kind of like my father was on one side and me and him were on the other side and my mother was there somewhere. So we had and no, we we have, you know, no. But what what did you fight about with Jaime? Just little anything, anything. Oh, my God. And especially when we were younger. I mean, we have, it's six years difference between us. So it's even, you know, more. Yeah. um, Oh, my God. We used to fight. But then when he, when both of us got older, I mean, uh, as adults, I mean, I saw, I remember there were things that he did that were very, very wrong, very bad. Um, But I... I had no no say so in the matter. I mean, you know, and and right. he, we we really lived 
pretty much far away from each other. Yeah. As adults, you know, he lived in so many different places. I cannot even tell you. I mean, he lived in, in Holland. He lived in Brazil. He lived in, in, um, well, in Israel. Of course, that was the end. Um, he lived, he lived and died in the outskirts of Tzfat. So he's buried in Tzfat. And I think it's very, it's very apropos. It really fits him to be there. I, I, I love Tzfat. That's one of my favorite cities in Israel. Really? Yeah. There's a very special feeling about Tzfat. It's a very, yes. it, it yes. feels very, yeah, it feels very sacred and all the gallery. Yeah. Yes, it's amazing. I remember as we were driving towards Sfat, and I saw all those big, you know, all those big, big, big stairways. And you see all these old men climbing those things. And I thought to myself, that's why they live so late, so long, you know, to such ripe old age, because they're exercising all the time. They, if they want to go anywhere, they have to go climb those stairs, you know. Right. And, oh man, that keeps him going. I mean, yeah. you're right. I felt that too. It's a very, you just get close to it. And it's like, it's, you could almost see a cloud over mm-hmm. the city, a, a, a holy cloud, you know? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. a feeling I had. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. 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 We, we would call it Shina, maybe, you know, yes. the word Shina, Shina right? Yes. Yeah, it's so funny because it's it's there's certain places in Israel that you really feel that you know you don't feel it in Tel Aviv so much. No, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you get you you, you got the Tzfat and it's a very holy feeling over there. So he's buried in Tzfat, huh? Buried in Tzfat, yes. Yeah. Did you know his third wife, his last wife? Did you know yes. her? Yes, yes, I do, and I love her. I actually love all three of them, you know, and I have a good relationship with all three of them. And the third one, Pilar, came to my bat mitzvah from Spain. I mm. mean, that was very special for me. And she stayed with me afterwards for about a month. And uh, the only thing is that, unfortunately, at that time, I was going through some very big difficulties with my body and I I really felt very badly that I wasn't able to entertain the way I would have liked to but she she's very understanding she's she you know she converted to Judaism and she told me that when she was she and Jaime talked a great deal about everything and he never ever asked her to convert that wasn't even anywhere near in his mind and after he died she well she had she she actually though they they observed uh holidays together you know and uh she i mean he wasn't a synagogue goer or anything like that he went when he needed to go but otherwise no yeah. but but he he knew a lot, a lot, a lot about a lot of things. So you never had any problems having a conversation with him. Um, and <laughs> he, and then after he died, she, on her own, started studying about Judaism more, you know, and converted. And now she, 
she lives in a city in Spain. I haven't been where she lives. It's called Leon, like lion. And there are, to her knowledge, there are no other Jews there. If there are, they don't show up as Jews, you know. Um, so she, she has a kehillah that is away from where she lives. So for holidays, she gets on a train and she goes to Oviedo, where that kehillah is. And they're all apparently very good friends. And they celebrate things together. And she now reads Torah. She is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. She also plays the flute. She loves that. She's she's in, in a very special class. Yeah. And, you know, so she's she she's amazing. She really yeah. I guess I guess he had a good taste in women, huh? Oh yes, he did. <laughs> How, how did he, how did he find three women to marry him? And I can't I know find... isn't that interesting? That's really it's crazy. I mean, I'm looking at it from the other way, you know. Right. But the first one, Alena, who is the mother of his only child, he has a daughter, Alia. I don't know if you met Alia. I don't think so. Alia and family live in uh, the Colorado, Colorado, so the outskirts of Denver. That's all. Okay. I mean. okay. Anyway. Um, Alena, who is originally from Czechoslovakia, she also went through, you know, the immigrant thing. And she ended up in Holland. And they met, I think that she was working at a bookstore, in fact. And that's when they met. He went there to buy a book and he bought more than the book. <laughs> So, yeah, wow, that was that. And do, do you know then, why the do you know why the marriage uh, ended, or it just, it just happened because they just went different paths? He never really told me, okay. um, but I could see, I could tell, just from my perspective, looking that she was not. She was not fulfilling him. Uh-huh. uh-huh and I sure. think this sounds a little bit what's the word? Uh harsh? Yeah, but anyway, but indeed, I think maybe that's what did it. I don't know. And then he met um Janina, who to this day we're in touch. And she lives in the outskirts of Albany, New York. Okay. And uh, uh, she's also wonderful. And and then uh, that dissolved after a number of years. And then he met Pilar in Spain in one of his trips. So that's that's how that happened. <clears throat> so did he go to all bookstores and find all of them in bookstores? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should go to more bookstores. Maybe you need to. Do you have yeah. a Barnes and Noble anywhere nearby? Yeah, I go there sometimes, and I don't see anybody there. Nobody. Well, you do. You know, you you never know when it's going to happen, Danny. I mean, I know, and you know what? I'm okay if it doesn't happen. I'm pretty. I'm pretty okay with my you're, life. I, I. It's so hard for me to believe. I mean, women should be really running after you, not not. You know, I. I I know. I totally agree. Maybe, uh, 
maybe I should shower more often. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, the obviously the best way, which people tell me, to meet somebody is through somebody else. You know, someone right. of your friends who it's the same thing with my daughter, Sharon. I would love, love, love for her to find somebody, not necessarily marry the guy, you know, right. but to right. have a friend. It's not, I know it's not, it's not easy. Listen, I'm on dating sites. I do meet a lot of women and it's, you know, it's the, uh, it's harder too. Cause the older you get, the more thin and you, and you're I like, I like, I don't think I want to live with anybody. I mean, I, I would like to date someone, you know, like on a Thursday and on a Sunday, <laughs> You know, that's that's hard to find, you know. <laughs> or I always thought I should have a, a nice next door neighbor, you know. Yeah, like, that would that would work. That would Yeah. Yeah. Is so that your you apartment know. where we're where you are? Is that your apartment? Yeah, this is my apartment. Yeah, I have a one Very bedroom. nice. Very nice. <laughs> I have a refrigerator, a bed, a couch. I mean, what more could a woman want? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> God, they're stupid, that's all. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's going to happen when it happens. I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm very grateful for what I have. You know, I really am. I'm, I, I, I've been, my last depression was like four years ago, and that was a real bad one. So I'm so grateful that I'm good, you know. I remember because then yeah. they. Yeah, know. yeah. I, w I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, recommend that to anybody. <laughs> no, no, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting though, because some people really suffer from that and some people don't. And it's very interesting. Like, so, I mean, of course, everybody gets sad and, and has some depression, but the kind of depression that I'm talking about major. Is, is, is major. It's major. Another, it's another day, I will tell you the story about my rabbi who went through. Yeah, we call it a nervous breakdown. You know, I don't know what else to call it. Right, right. Nobody um, knows what to call it. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't matter what you call it. But anyway, he, um, it was very, 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 very bad. But yeah. I'll do that another story. Another. Yeah, story. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, listen, we talked uh, about all the stuff that I wanted to cover, pretty much. Good. Good. Uh, and uh, we'll make it, you know, two parts because the first part got cut off somehow, but that's okay. Um, I just want to tell you, I think you're fantastic. And, um, and you know, and your family is loves you. And we talk, I mean, you are a presence. <clears throat> Whenever we get together, your, your name comes up. It, and it's usually very positive. It really is. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Because you know, I I I I want to be that. I I don't want to be a bad presence. You know, I don't. No, I know, I yeah. know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, everybody, every family has a lot of issues, but underneath it, there's a lot of love. You know, exactly, exactly. And and I I feel that love, and I feel that you know there are many, many, many things that I feel I've been blessed with, and family is number one. You know, that, yeah, that yeah, and they're very close to each other. I mean, the way Sharon interacts with her kids, but they're all very close. Oh yes, they and might they, drive each other crazy, but they're very close. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. So and and, and, and and yeah, and they're gonna hear this, you know. So because you know, um, Matt, uh, Abby, not Maddie, but Matt, Maddie told me, uh, uh, well, you have Abby. I call her Minty. What's the other one? I call her Minty. Maddie. Maddie. Maddie, I call her Minty. For, it's easier to say Minty. So she keeps asking. 
Abigail and Madeline. So right, Ma- right. Maddie. Yeah. So Minty told me. <laughs> <laughs> Min- Minty says, "When is this episode going to air?" I was like, "I'll oh, she do it." You heard about it? She heard. Yeah, they, but, yeah, they all know. And then I asked them what questions do they have, and they they said just just talk about whatever comes up, and that's what we did. You know, because we we already had we had a family thing. I don't know if they told you. I don't remember when it was a while back. Because I told them, you know, what I told you, that there are so many questions I have about my parents' lives that I have no answers. And so I said to them, I want you to ask me. Right. Because, you know, we don't know how much time we have. I know. If if there are questions, I want to be able to answer them now while I can. You yeah. Well, right. Well, I think that's why we did this. I mean, I think maybe you talked about some things that they, they didn't know about, maybe, you know, especially your er- early years, which are fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there. I mean, come on, you went through a lot in a short period of time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, um, yeah, but for kids, if you're listening, you still have time to ask her questions. So, so I'm w- I'm with you. Okay, good, good. I'm, well, listen, I appreciate this so, so much. And uh, I am glad that because this gives me an opportunity to meet you a little bit better, to know you yeah. a little bit better. And I hope that this will not be the end of our, you know, you can certainly feel free to call. If you if you have anything to bitch about, Okay. by all means, I will listen to you. And, <clears throat> you know, yeah. so, even if you don't have anything to bitch about, you can still call me. Yeah, I'll, I'll call you in 10 minutes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, not today, Danny. <laughs> okay, not today. That's what I hear from all the women. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. It was really a pleasure. Oh, same here. And, and I, hope, I hope I see you in person some days. I <laughs> hope so, to Come visit. You know, there is okay. uh, a lot in Houston. So... Okay. And, and now I'm I'm able to drive and do stuff, you know. So anyway. You know, you know, you know what's funny? I have to think about a title for the episode. So of course I'm gonna use your name, which is Betty Einstein Clark, right? Yeah. But and then I have to think what title and maybe a good title would be Betty Einstein Clark talks about everything. Because we talked about everything. We did. We did. Is that good? Yeah, that's good. That's a, okay, that's a good title. Okay, that's I'm not gonna good. work out. Okay, yeah. great. If you want to say talks about nonsense, you can do that too. No, this wasn't no. This <laughs> it was, wasn't this was, nonsense. No, no. We, we talked this about was, this, this was important, great. important things. Yeah, absolutely. Thank Why did the much. hand show up? Did you did you see that? There what happened? A little hand, you know, oh. a white little hand, kind of like a, 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 you know, giving it a thumbs up. Um, I did that. I did that. No. No, but it shows. Um, it's like a like a symbol or something. I don't I've never know. Seen that never seen it before. I don't know. Maybe it's God. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Good luck with your play. When is your play going to be? We start January nineteenth until February fourth. So oh three weekends. God. Yeah. And where Where is it shown? In New it's here. Yeah, Princeton, Hillsborough, Princeton area where I live. It's about thirty minutes away from where I live. And oh. uh, they always do three weekends. And by then, I should be able to be the old man and with a Brooklyn accent. You, oh, that's going to be fantastic. Oh, my God. How close are you to where Ginny lives? Oh, five minutes away. 
and yeah, and I should see her more often. It's, it's just like everybody, you know. I should see her well, more. Often. She keeps busy, from what I understand, too. I mean, uh, she's she makes everybody dizzy with her schedule. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, I'm lucky that I live close by. Well, I really am. very, very good. Yes, and she is wonderful. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, she, she's, she's great. She's great. We have we have a very good family, as do you have a very good family. We were really blessed with good family. We really yes, have. we are. Yes, we yes. are. Well, listen, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and thank you. I hope this week brings you good. Passengers, people that that don't drive you nuts. <laughs> oy, oy vey, oy vey. <laughs> yeah, I'll send I'll send you the link for this episode so you'll have it. So you can I would it. love it. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Danny. Okay. Thank you. Goodbye. Take, thank you. Take care. Peace. Bye. Bye.